With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus uh let's see they lost to stinky crotch by 42 what university of stinky crotch usc wow i've never heard that one travis neither <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, baby. I'm a shooter, baby. You just, just Dude, uh, the I'm next a, one's I'm going a in. Too, but I'm just saying, like... next one's going in. I miss a couple, and I'm certain the next one's going in. <laughs> Drew's an asshole on the court. That's all I learned there. Nice. Uh, nothing like a dude. Nothing like a six-three balding man who just airballed three in a row, being like, "I got the next one." <laughs> yep. Yep. On yep. That's it. That's it. I was, and the next one's going in. <laughs> back ladies and gentlemen to the hammer and rails podcast and we are coming at you live in on the eve of the ncaa tournament here in 2018 <laughs> purdue has gotten its highest seed since the 1998 ncaa tournament we are the two seed in the east we are on the short list of teams expected to make it to san antonio we got not a terrible draw but not a perfect draw but we have a shot and i think that that's <laughs> one thing that we need to concentrate on is this is Matt Painter's best shot since he has been coach at Purdue and probably Purdue's best shot since 2000 when it reached the Elite Eight before losing to Wisconsin. So we're going to talk about all this and more tonight. Uh, with us on the mic up in West Lafayette, Indiana is Casey. How are you doing, Casey? This is such a different show from the very beginning when you're on. Like every time, it's just like straight into, like, I feel like I'm in a library. There's a fire roasting in the corner. We're all like getting served soft martinis and like everyone's holding up. Like, are you eating already, Drew? Yes. Stop <laughs> snacking on the podcast. It's called Sorry. professionalism and class. I exude I was... it in every aspect of my being. <laughs> I don't sweat. I ooze Old Spice. That's how classy I am. The only sound that is acceptable to interrupt with is the sloshing of your drink cup. And that's just because <laughs> I can't do this sooner. <laughs> Our second guest tonight from Manhattan, Kansas, is Drew. That is the legend of Sean McCarthy. He is on with us as our three-man. How you doing, what, Drew? What up, everybody? 
you literally chewed a chip longer than your intro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's let's get at it. Uh, the brackets are out. We have our four number one seeds. Went exactly as expected by most bracketologists. Virginia and Villanova have been the top two seeds for most of the season. Uh, Xavier, the winner in the Big East, uh, even though they lost, I believe it was twice to Villanova, they get the third number one seed. And then we have Kansas uh, also picks up a number one seed. Uh, Kansas gets sent out west. They will. They have a uh, pretty tough region themselves, uh, with Virginia also having a ridiculously hard region with Kentucky or Arizona waiting in the Sweet 16. Our own region, we have Villanova, the team that we've only played once here in the last couple of years, but it seems like we've had you know half a dozen other meetings possible with them. We just missed them at the uh, in the Bahamas down at the Battle for Atlantis, and they could be waiting for us in the Elite Eight, but that's way down. The line uh we have not been to the elite eight in 18 years so let's not just uh talk about villanova yet so what do you guys think about all the number one seeds and how the bracket itself broke down i think it's it's nice that there weren't surprises for for once i guess because there it's a weird line because there was definitely a clear top four that were going to get it but also despite virginia and villanova running away with the one seeds it never really felt like any of the teams separated from the lower seeds. I'm not sure there's anyone in the country that thinks those are the most talented teams. You could probably argue about Villanova, especially since he was there, since uh, Jay Wright had them there so recently. But you look at other, you know, some of the two or three teams and you think, I mean, there's no way not to look at Duke and be like, they are as dangerous as anyone in the country. Michigan State, same thing. So the one seeds technically get the easiest stretch, but I really think the difference between a one and four seed has never been smaller. I agree, because you look at a team like Arizona, and they are a four seed with one seed talent in my mind. They have the best player in the country. And it's not even close. Right. And then they may not even make it out of round two because Kentucky is, well, Kentucky loaded with tons of four stars and five stars and everything else. So that might be one of the best second round games out there is a is a uh, Arizona-Kentucky game. And then you still have Duke and North Carolina who are Duke and North Carolina. And they're looming as very, very strong two seeds. I mean, I think... North Carolina played a ridiculous number of tier one games and yeah, they have 10 overall losses, but their, their strength of schedule is just insane compared to everybody else. Yeah. Drew, you're an ACC fan. Mm-hmm. Is that the best conference in the country? First of all, Clemson fans are not ACC fans. We hate the ACC. You're in but the ACC. I know things about the ACC cause I hate all the teams in the ACC other than Clemson. Um, yeah, is ACC the best conference talent-wise? Probably it is, but a lot of that talent hasn't played super great this year. So, no, I, I don't think the ACC is the best team, or the best uh, in the nation this year. Since Louisville's been down, Syracuse is down. Um, you know, a lot of the teams that the ACC brought in because they were great basketball programs uh, haven't really been holding their own here recently. I mean, you don't really need to. You can play shitty and still get into the tournament. Hi, Syracuse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I just looked it up. North Carolina played 22 Tier 1 games. What? They played 22 games against Tier 1 teams. They were 14 and 8. Damn. Yeah. Uh, So... A couple of those uh, end up, you know, and then they still had quite a few Tier 2 games, like Bucknell ends up being a Tier 2 game. Uh, Stanford, at Stan- they won at Stanford. That was a Tier 1. Let's uh, go ahead and remind the listeners about the tiers one more time. Sure, sure. Uh, the tiers, since they changed up the RPI this year, it's not broken down in your typical how many top 50 teams did you beat, how many 51 to 100s did you beat. A tier one game is when you play anyone 1 through 30 in the RPI at home. One uh, On a neutral floor, it's 1 through 50. And on the road, it's 1 through 75. So it actually is built to value true road games a little bit more than home wins so you have an example a one of the stranger examples out there for purdue is one of our six tier one wins was at maryland a team that was nowhere near the tournament they finished 74 in the rpi and we won in college park so that one counts as a tier one win whereas the win against them in Mackey arena same rpi is a tier two win because 
RPI Group Two was uh, thirty-one three seventy-five for home. So yeah, it's not it, a perfect system, but it's definitely a lot. It's a lot better than the one we had, right. and it really, really benefits conferences that have the twelve, the ten to twelve good to decent teams. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. The one year that we that it switches to this is the one year where Big Ten normally who has a gluttony of teams in the middle. This year we do not. We get four teams into the tournament. All of them get high rankings for the most part. Our lowest seed is Ohio State at a five who's going to play South Dakota State. Michigan gets a three seed against Montana. Michigan State gets a three seed against Bucknell. And then Purdue holds a two seed. But that's it. There's only four, four Big Ten teams that make the tournament. And all even the teams that made it plus the ones that didn't if it were a normal big 10 year they would all have a huge boost in their nca resume because there would be five or six teams that you're like oh wow maryland is a tier one win oh nebraska is a tier one win oh indiana should be a tier one win but since it was so down on the big 10 our big 10 teams did not get the boost like unc with the 30 some tier one games or whatever right because you look at nebraska nebraska with 13 and 5 in the big 10 13 and 5, they probably have the best record for a big 10 t- in within the conference to not make the tournament ever I, i've never even heard of a 13 and 5 big 10 team but they were one in six against tier one teams their one win was against michigan at home and they came so close in so many other games. Uh, they had a five-point loss at Ohio State. They had the one-point loss at home to Kansas, which would have been a huge victory for them. Um, they lost at Michigan State, and you know it just was not there for them. They didn't have the strength of schedule that they needed. And, and I'm looking at their their uh, exempt tournament. One of the things that hurt them is they lost their first game against Central Florida in the Advocare Invitational which puts them in a second round game against Marist, who went six and twenty-five and finished three hundred and twenty-fourth in the RPI. <laughs> By comparison, Purdue's second game in our exempt tournament was against Western Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not ideal, especially when you are a conference that for the most part does not get the top tier talents. And so we really we survive on having a bunch of teams that aren't bad. That's been almost the MO of every every fourth to seventh team that gets in the tournament it's Mm -hmm. because you always have a chance to prove yourself every week and i mean this year purdue i mean most of the top teams all got by by playing the best teams once and then just feasting on a crappy big 10 slate yeah because if you look if you look at the four teams that got in they had a combined 13 conference losses you know two of purdue's were to ohio state and michigan state both of michigan state's losses were to ohio state and michigan ohio state lost to a decent penn state team twice and they lost to michigan michigan so really your worst conference losses out there were probably purdue at wisconsin and then michigan two of their losses were to purdue their worst loss would likely be uh, at Northwestern was uh, was their worst loss in the conference because all the others combined. I mean, they lost at Ohio State. They lost to Purdue twice and then they lost at uh, at Nebraska, which wasn't a horrid loss. I mean, Nebraska was 56 in the RPI, but you're right in that point and just everybody beat up on everybody else. And I think the Big Ten also did not benefit from Maryland from Maryland being going through so many injuries that it cost them a bid, really. And then Northwestern and Minnesota, two teams that were in the top 20 to start the year, just fell off a cliff. They fell on their asses. Like, they they just did. There's there was probably some fool's gold on both teams, and but like they both should have been better. Drew, do you think uh, any of the Big Ten teams that didn't make it should have made it? No, I think I think Penn State's <laughs> probably that that like next team. That's where I lean. I I feel like talent wise, they definitely are. Yeah, like I, I don't think any. I think if you were to play a tournament between those teams, I'd probably uh, favor Penn State to win it. I guess. Um, I think Penn State is in if they beat Nebraska in the last game of the regular season. Or they beat us in the tournament. Yeah, I I, I think they would have gotten in. Uh, they had some bad losses though. They had, uh, they also lost at Northwestern. They had a, just a nasty home loss to Ryder, uh, by a point, but Ryder ended up 69th in the RPI and, uh, before losing in their tournament conference tournament. So, uh, I honestly think that Nebraska probably had a better case, um, but 
you know, that's the gaudy record. And I think Maryland probably gets in if they hadn't been so hadn't had so many injuries. I know I know that they had a couple of games that they ended up just blowing a big lead here and there. Uh, one of them was against, at home against Michigan State. I think they were up like 20 mm-hmm. in the first half and they blew it. So and they could have beat us at home. Yeah, I, it's the only thing I miss about a Big Ten team. Like I wanted to see Tony Carr in March. Yeah, he, he would be an excellent player. And it, it was he a senior this year or no? No, he's only a sophomore. Okay, well, like we the, get a lot more of him. I mean, he'll definitely get Penn some State's NBA going players to be good because he's year. huge. Yeah, Six Penn State's going to be with good. range. So you know, it, it, I don't think that there's if there was one team that I think has a beef out of the Big Ten, it's Nebraska. I think they could have gotten a little bit more consideration, especially when they were a five seed in the NIT, which is we were talking in our group chat is like that's telling you that there were sixteen teams ahead of them. I, I don't think that's right because the NIT is really focused on bringing mid-majors into their tournament. They want to give shine to other programs, up-and-coming programs. I, it's not the same committee picking teams. I don't think they care so much for resume as they do narrative. So I don't I, I don't put a ton of stock into what their seeding was. Yeah. And but still I don't think they were close. I don't think I don't think it was like Nebraska just got squeezed out of the end. I'm not I'm not sure they were much in the conversation. I, I think the team I think a couple teams that were closer, I think Louisville was definitely closer. And Louisville's probably in if they didn't just absolutely collapse in that game against Virginia, which I have, I still don't know how they yeah, lost you don't, that. You don't know how much of that is off the court issues. I'm assuming that um, any of those teams on the bubble that were really instigated in that, I'm guessing they did not get the benefit of the doubt. Let's see, that would be Louisville and uh, I think Oklahoma State, yeah, and. Yeah, because Oklahoma State also mm-hmm. did not get in, even though, and they were one of the four teams wrapped up in that, did not get in. USC. Uh, yeah, in USC. So I think that might have had as much to play as anything yeah. else. True. Yeah. But uh, spe- speaking of the tournament, uh, let, let's go do a little bit deeper of a dive here. And we're going to talk about the three opponents that we can see here in the first weekend. Obviously, we're paired against Cal State Fullerton in one of the noon games, the noon time slot games on Friday. And as a two seed over a 15 seed, yes, this is, this is a game Purdue absolutely should win. It would be a shocking upset if we were to lose to the titans um cal state fullerton i believe this is their third ever uh ncaa tournament berth for the for basketball and they are mostly known as a baseball pro uh they're they were often in the college world series for uh baseball they have won it multiple times and uh it's it's mostly a commuter school i think uh i was actually Strangely, on their campus this summer when we were out in California, we were driving around. We ended up going through their campus, and it was you know kind of just like, oh hey, there's a college here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they were the fourth seed in the Big West, so they weren't even favored to win their conference tournament. Uh, their other two NCAA tournament appearances were in 2008. They lost in the first round to Wisconsin by 15, and in 1978 they reached the Elite Eight, losing to Arkansas by three points of going to the Final Four. And that's it for their t- their tournament appearances. <laughs> Anytime I go to when I look at a small school going up against a big school or against Purdue specifically, I look for there's there's two things. One is obvious because you want to look at hype. Small schools just don't have the depth of big men. And if you don't, you can't keep up with uh, Isaac Haas and Matt Harms and Vincent Edwards. Cal State Fullerton does not have that. They have a 6'9 guy, Akreem Robertson, who's a senior. He plays 38% of their minutes. Um, their real big man is Jackson Rowe. He's a sophomore. He plays 75% of their minutes, but he's only 6'7". Uh, 6'7", 210 pounds, so really slight of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Their other big guy is uh, 6'7", 200 pounds, Dominique Heinzel. <coughs> Um, so first of all, that's just obviously not a good matchup going against Isaac Haas. At 6'7", Matt Harms is going to bully you in the post, so let alone what Haas is going to do. And the other thing, you have to look at a team, and this, I mean, Arkansas Little Rock, as much as what they did, they beat us by making really long jumpers. So I look for a team that could shoot the ball well from three, and that is not this team. They have... <laughs> 
They have a couple guys that are shooting a decent percentage. Uh, Kyle Allman, 6'3", junior guard. He's shooting 43% from three, but that's just on 92 attempts. Their leading attempt shooter is Khalil Ahmad. He's 6'4", he's a junior. He's taken 164 threes, but he's only made 31% of them. Then they've got a couple... Jackson Rose, 22 of 54 from deep. Uh... Jamal Smith, 6'3 guard. He's taken 32 threes and made 40% of them. Is so it, they're not can a team. Any of their big guys shoot? Uh, I mean, Jackson Rowe is – he is their de facto center. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a center in six of their most ten, – of their ten most used lineups. Power forward – power forward when he's not and he's shooting 40 percent, but he's only taking 54 a game so like is he he gonna shoot is he gonna give is he gonna be able to spread the floor and make Haas play defense then i don't think so because you don't have the threats around him honestly uh he's they just don't have they don't have the guard play because it's not simple enough to just have a big man that can shoot unless they're really, really good. And they just don't have the shooting around. So, like, you can rotate over. You can help on Haas. You can switch out and just keep him in the paint. Honestly, I mean, this is never going to happen. I wish people would stop mentioning it. But this is a team a team that Purdue, like, if they were ever to go zone, this would be the kind of team. But they're not going zone. And it, it seems like it's a team, too, that, you know, as we've seen so many others do to us, they just they try to get that mismatch and they try to get Haas to get that quickness and get by him. And, you know, obviously, I think one of the benefits of the two weeks off here is, you know, they we can work on that high screen and roll that has just been picking us apart and for so many games now and you know we, I don't know we've got to come up with an answer that. I don't we, we haven't been good at stopping that for like that is well, one yeah, it is years. one concern because Kyle Ullman and Ahmad the two lead guards and uh, even their third guard Austin Awasika they're both they all shoot uh, Ullman and Ahmad are both 50% inside the arc that's pretty good for a guard um, Awasika is 45% from inside the arc so they are quick um, they get to the free throw line a lot so they're gonna run a lot of pick and it this honestly as much as i never know the right answer because harms makes so much more sense except he's not very good in the pick and roll defense either no he gets lost like he he, gets yeah i feel like haas is two steps behind but sometimes harms isn't even like in the remote area where he should be no he gets out of position so quickly like he's way too eager to stop a dribbler before he's even close to threatening the defense He's super thirsty for the block shot. He's, any, anybody that mm-hmm. just like bobs their head up and he's off the floor. My, Honestly, my biggest thing with Haas is like, get your bloody hands up. You're seven two. You can block. He would block twice as many shots just by sticking his hands up. He was better at the beginning of the year. He's gotten worse on defense as the years went on. Mm-hmm. I don't know but, if that's fatigue or foul trouble or what. Like he straight up plays defense with his hands like by his side. Yeah, like, it's. Like he goes out, and I'm like, it, they just throw him. They're passing around him because he doesn't even, like have his arms out. Yeah, and he does not understand passing lanes well. And my biggest thing is he just stands in the wrong position. He's that big; he should be able to cut off most easy passes, and he doesn't. This would be a game to put Vincent Edwards at the five. Yeah, they and, and put Vincent at the five. Game. We can just run him. The the unfortunate thing with Haas is like. I wish we could hockey line change with him because he is such an asset on offense and he's just a raging liability on defense, especially against athletic teams. Yeah, it's always a challenge, but I think I, I definitely think with talent disparity like this, Haas is a better advantage. Yeah. Um, especially with guards that can't shoot, we will just go under expect us to go under with the guards on all pick and rolls and not switch with Haas. The guards are just going to go under, force them to shoot jumpers and then rebound. And then watch one of them go like, like 11 for 15 from three. Right. Because <laughs> right. you know that's going to happen, and it's probably going to be the third guy that's only taken like twelve threes this year. Yeah, it's it'll be Jamal Smith. He's taken thirty two threes all year. Yeah, no, he's going to hit at least eleven against. Yeah, Purdue. he's made thirteen. Like that'll definitely yeah. be seventeen by the end of the game. I'm predicting at least one is like going to come right at half court too. <laughs> oh, right. you, you mean like the seven footer for Little Rock that had one bounce off the rim twice and somehow drop in? Yeah, no, I was there. I think about straight up in the air. And it hit the rim about straight up in the air again, and then yeah, somehow rolled in. That, that's the one nice just... thing they don't play super fast. They're the 97th uh, quickest adjusted tempo in the NCAA. Um, 
but they're not good on offense. They're not good on defense. I, I don't, honestly, I, I think I, we're good enough. Like, I'm not worried. Right. I, this is a game I, mean, I think we can bring our C game and, and, yeah. and beat them. Right. And and that's that's often how these two fifteen matchups go. I mean, it might it might be close for a half, but I I really think they also that, turn over the ball a lot. Right. And they're still the fourth best team in a small conference. Travis, they turn over the ball 20.6% of the time. Great googity moogity. Wow. <laughs> That's one out of every five times. Like, Eastern might have seven steals. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule here. Um, they finished 131 in the RPI. Do you want to know what their best win is? Because I know it off the top of my head. All right. go. Give me their best win. It's a thing called Utah Valley. Ah, yes. The Wolverine. They played a Jir... A geographical location. <laughs> uh, so at 131 in the RPI, uh, the nearest team to that that we happened to play was Indiana at 125. Of. <laughs> 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 uh, they they opened the season by losing to, by 42 points to Southern Cal. They uh, put they, up 42 points. They got doubled. Yeah, they got they got doubled. They got 84, doubled. 42. Uh, they also Saint lost. St. Mary's is a good match. St. Mary's has a big dude. Yeah, and uh, St. Mary's really beat them by good. 19. Uh, beat yeah. them 76, 57. Uh, they did they did host Georgia in the Wooden Legacy and lost by seven. So they they were relatively close there against a major conference team. They also played at Cal and lost by six, but Cal was eight and 23. So I don't think you can take a ton from that. Um, their biggest win here, also in the postseason, they were able to upset UC Davis, who was the number one seed in their their conference champion. They knocked them off in the semifinals of the Big OS tournament and then beat Irvine, which uh, – it's pretty much like the distance between Cal Irvine and Cal Fullerton is probably like the distance between Butler and IUPUI. So it was basically a neighborhood game for the automatic bid to the tournament. And they were able to beat him in that last night to get the automatic bid. Cal State Fullerton beat UC Davis while shooting one of 13 from three. Oh, God. Uh, They're but not they... going to win if they shoot one of 13 from three. <laughs> I'll go for uh, it. They're not going to win. <laughs> They they got over 100 twice this year. They hit 102 against Cal State Northridge, who is one of the worst teams in Division One, and uh, they also had 101 against Cal Poly, who is also a terrible team in Division One. Uh, but uh, they had Davis's number. It turns out they swept them in three games, which is pretty impressive because Davis was a tournament team a year ago and was 12 and four in winning the conference. So two of the four losses that they had in conference plus their conference tournament loss were to uh, Cal State Fullerton. So I mean, I think that says something that they were able to just have their way with the best team within their conference. But when you I mean, look... that speaks more to match what they do well, they get to the free throw line. Yeah, they're the number one team in the nation for free throws attempted against free field goals attempted they they have not played a tier one team since november 15th uh so this this we are by far their best team that they have played all season because uh, USC and St. Mary's were the only two teams that they played in Tier 1, and that was the first two games of the year. We are the seventh best defense at not giving up free throws attempted to field goals attempted. Right. Well, that's not a good <laughs> so matchup. It, it, yeah, it's not a good matchup <laughs> for them because we're not going to bail them out. So I, I think we're all in agreement that this should be a Purdue win, and we can take a quick look then at who we would play in the second round. Um, Butler, we're obviously very familiar with. We were able to beat them back in December uh, by 15 points. And Butler's just Butler is one of those teams. They're good, and they they're can play a good with matchup. anybody. We're not the, a good matchup for them, right? Because they can't shoot. They can shoot at times. I mean, they any team that puts up you 101 on Villanova. every team in basketball. Yeah, but I mean, they they do have the win over Villanova. They played a couple of when their point guard played us, their starting point guard. He hadn't attempted a three point shot. That's bad. Their lead ball handler. Let, let me let me pull up his. Yeah, their lead ball handler, Aaron Thompson, has taken 14 threes on the year and made two of them. Wow. So, so, if, so what you're saying is, is if we play him, he's going five for six. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Butler's just an they up were and down missing team. Sean McDermott when we played him, and he is huge for them. Yeah, he's a wing that can shoot, but I still don't think they match up well. I mean, they're they're up and down. They have a win over Villanova. They played Xavier tough. I mean, they have five games against number one seeds this year. They went one they're and four. Te- yeah, they're a good team. They're well. They're well. They're well coached. But if you tell me you either get to play Butler again. Or are you going to play Arkansas? I want Butler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Arkansas, I uh, hate to say it, Purdue fans, but this is the team that we've been dreading. Athletic guards, they can uh, allegedly have a guy that can defend Haas one-on-one. I have my doubts as to that, as to the truth of that. But Arkansas is a pretty solid team. And, you know, you're going to see that. I mean, 7-10 matchups do produce quality teams. It's like playing a, uh, you know, it's it when you get to the round of 32, you're not going to have an easy opponent most likely. Right. And if, especially as a two seed, it's going to be a tougher opponent than your first round. So, you know, we, we expected that and, you know, it's something that Purdue is going to have to get past. Yeah. I think Arkansas's a games probably like if they brought their a game, it would be tough for Purdue, but they don't bring it very often. And I don't know if they could bring it against a team like Purdue. But I think Arkansas is a team that if they brought their A game and were hot, we'd have a hard time with. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, they shoot a lot of threes. I don't like that. They, yeah, it's um, they shooting forty percent too as a team. Right, forty percent as a team, twelfth in the nation. Um, they, they've got two different guards that light it up. Jalen Barford, he's 6'3", 202. Daryl Macon, 6'3", 185. One of them's 85 for 195 from the three-point line. The other one is 84 for 196. Both of those, that's both like 43% shooting from deep. That's a lot of attempts. That's two guards that make um, that make a lot, just a lot of room for other people. They pull it off the dribble but they're not big big guards can give us trouble they're also allergic to defense yeah they they are 260th nationally giving up 75.5 a game now you can give up 75 a game when you're scoring 81 a game like they are but i think they i think part of their defense i think they really force the the tempo of their uh, of the game with their defense and gamble a lot i think they give up a lot of easy shots i think they try to come in Cause a lot of turnovers at the same time. I think. Are you yeah, kidding me? Team that if you're young, you should be worried. Yeah. Are you Are you kidding me, Seth Davis? You ha- okay? So the guy that can allegedly guard Haas is Daniel Gafford. He is six eleven two thirty four. Yeah, I was going to break this down. Yeah, he is six eleven two thirty four and a freshman. And yeah, this is the guy that can guard Haas. Fifty five point nine percent of the minute. Oh God. His foul called. If he played 40 minutes a game, he'd have 5.8 fouls called against him. That's not terrible. But there's not depth there. They have a 6'9 guy, Trey Thompson. He plays 44% of their minutes. And their other big guy, 6'8, Dustin Thompson, plays 36% of their minutes. But as we've seen, it's the teams that go small to with us, if they get in foul trouble, that's what causes problems. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Ohio State game for that. You know, they they stumbled into a formula that got them Ohio back. Ohio State the didn't go small. They had to. No. Yeah, they were playing like Kyle Young on Haas at one point. Yeah. No, those are stocky big, big dudes. They're strong. Mm. I don't think about strong. I don't think about going small as in like who's your center. I think of it more about like who's your four. I can, uh, in my I, I, head, th- that's what I see. It, to me, it's a, a game also, against a team like Arkansas. You've got to have good Vince Edwards. Also, everyone in the Big Ten, I guarantee you, there's probably not a single player in the Big Ten that gets more attention and more like coach specific talk throughout the year there's not anyone more game planned against than Haas and that's just not going to be the case in the NCAA tournament right these teams do not know him getting away from Big Ten teams that are used to bullying that are used they know what fouls are being called they know what's not it's not going to be as easy to guard Haas in the NCAA tournament as it is in the Big Ten season unless he gets called for a lot of offensive fouls by refs that haven't he's seen gotten better this year he, he's, he's not a lot he's better. avoided foul trouble for yeah. the most part this year <laughs> um, I'm saying, when out of conference, I think he's just so hard to officiate. I think that not the getting officials that haven't seen him before uh, can also get him in foul trouble because he's just so big, and every time he moves, somebody falls down. Yeah, um, looking looking at uh, Arkansas's schedule this year, they played out in the Phil Knight Invitational out in Portland. They ended up beating Oklahoma out there. That's one of their 
better non-conference wins, if not the best non-conference win. Can we stop talking about Oklahoma like they're a good team? I am so annoyed that they're in the tournament. Oh, yeah, me too. I agree. Uh, they lost to North Carolina. They had a they had a decent non-conference win over Bucknell. You know, I'll give credit where it's due when you do beat one of those automatic qualifiers. Um, they had a win over Minnesota by 16 on December 9th. Not impressive. Looked, it looked a lot better at the nope. time. Uh, I believe that was Minnesota's first loss of the season. No, it was care. their it was their third loss of the season. So it was right <laughs> as Minnesota was starting to come undone. Um, and everything else. Tennessee is- at home. No, they beat Tennessee at home. Overtime, that's their best two. win. Yeah, uh, that, that's a quality win. They lost at Auburn by 11. They lost at they lost at home to LSU by Ooh. 21. Yeah, not that's great. not good. Not good. Um, a couple other decent wins here. They won at or they lost at Florida by 15. They won over Missouri by two. Lost at Texas A&M by 14. They lost at, at, to LSU by eight on the road. So that's two losses to LSU. Uh, then they lost to Tennessee by 18 in the SEC tournament semifinals here. So, you know, pretty up and down season, six and nine against you, tier one. Do you know what LSU has? Uh, nothing. We assume no, they, they have, have athletic, they have athletic two, guards. No, they have two really good big men. Mm, okay. Duop Reith and Aaron App. I, I don't concern myself with LSU basketball. Yeah, we're going to have to just have <laughs> to agree point, with you, Casey, because I don't point, know they do that. <laughs> The point is that good big man beat them, huh? and, and and you know that's good. And, but I'm I'm still going to scored witness. 16 points on five field goal attempts against Arkansas. Uh, one other thing that does stand out about no, Arkansas is they're not a good rebounding team either. They are 206th in the nation. I think that is the silver lining. Yes, because I think athletic teams that rebound is the problem, not athletic. Athletic teams that score, but if they're going to hit forty-five percent of their threes and shoot shoot thirty of them, <laughs> sure. But I don't think they're going to hit forty-five percent of thirty threes. Ugh, we'll see. I mean, that that's really that. Like you said, if they've got their A game, and that's I mean, that's really what the tournament comes down to is is if you run into a team on their A game, like when we ran into VCU in two thousand eleven. Sometimes there's just not a lot you can do. I mean, look at what Kansas did last year. Sure, but I I think the thing is, what is more likely that Purdue's defense gives up an A game to an offense, or Purdue's offense gets an A game from someone else's defense, mm-hmm. or that they they have an A game against someone else's defense? And, and I do I do think um, I go back I've, to the Michigan game. Which the one? one in Mackey? The one in Mackey. Okay. We got Michigan's A game. But we were hitting. Right. And their defense is really good. Yeah. But we haven't hit like that since then. That's part of the problem. Right. We're due. Don't you remember, uh, Drew? You miss three. You take the fourth. You know what's right. going in. Exactly. I I do think that irrational confidence. I, I'm really hoping that the longer layoff here is extremely beneficial to us. I I think the team desperately needed the time off. It, it just just in looking at body language for them in the last few games, and especially in that Wisconsin game, they just they looked cooked. And I'm hoping that they. It sounds like they were able to just get away from basketball for three or four days, and that's a good thing. And and I like having a two seed because that gives us the proverbial team to shake the rust off against. It's not like we're going to be thrown into a toss-up game immediately. We're expected to win big, and I think that'll help. And well, really, that's that's all we can hope is that they do need it, that they did need the rest because otherwise we're going to be in trouble. All right, Purdue lost six games this year. Right. Okay. We lost six games. Three of them that came down to the very final possession. We lost against Michigan, according to Kim Palm. Michigan's defense, fifth best. And we, we still lost beat them to twice. Michigan State, ninth best. We lost to Ohio State, sixteenth best. We did lose to Wisconsin, sixty-eighth best. Decent. Yeah, decent. And at home, it's better. We lost to Tennessee all the way at November twenty-second. They have the fourth best defense. And we lost to Western Kentucky, ninety-third. So that's not good. And and you could say that Western Kentucky and Wisconsin were both games that mm-hmm. if we if the offense is just better. Yeah. You know, they, they yeah, were we our played, two worst games of the year. Those are our two so. worst games of the year. Absolutely. And we had open shots against Western Kentucky all game. Yeah. I, I would argue that we had no business losing against Wisconsin because we should never lose a game where we hold a team under 60. Absolutely. 
Arkansas's defense is 103rd in the nation. Okay. They give up 35.5% three-point shots, 48% from inside the arc. We don't lose to bad defenses. We just don't. All right. Well, let's get the Speed 16 tickets then. Exactly. That is what I'm trying to tell you. We do not get upset by teams that can't play defense. Everybody, Casey is telling you to go purchase Sweet 16 tickets if available. I will refund 0.01% of your pre-sale purchase. So head to Boston. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Just get the hotel rented right now. You got to get the room early. I've already told my aunt I'm crashing on the couch. Like, it, it, we're going. We're there. <laughs> We don't lose. We think our losses are bad, but we've lost to really good defensive teams. I, I really hope you're right. And I, I, I'm going to be nervous because I'm a Purdue fan, and I cannot help it because of that. I get it. You're very scared. I'm always going to be scared until we actually get through. But I do agree that this is our best shot. So uh, I, get, I guess here's what we should do. is uh, Let's move on to our uh, question and answers. Let's do some Q&As. Yes. Q&A. All right. I'm pulling it up now. All right. First question from at D real Scott Evans expectation in this tourney for it to be a success. We'll start with you, Drew. Um, for the season to be a success. I think we need to make the elite eight Travis play to your seed. I, I think they need to make the elite eight. I think they got to get break through that. I think they got to break through that glass ceiling. Uh, mostly because if they don't, there's going to be all kinds of questions of if this team can't do it, when will we do it? I completely agree, but at the same time, I think people will still bitch. Yeah, we because we'll, the Elite if if we if we lose in the Elite Eight, we'll be a game short. And I am satisfied with the Elite Eight. That is my expectation. I think that is a non that is a non disappointing season. I, yeah. I will I will give this as a caveat. I would only be fine with an elite eight loss if it to came the into the hands of Villanova. If we're That's the higher fair. seed, then no. That is fair. We we've got it, we've got a breakthrough if we get there and we're not we're playing anybody other than Villanova because who who's the four in our group? Let's see. West Virginia is the five. Uh, are they the four? And West allegedly they're team, the five. Uh, Wichita State's the four. Yeah, I would rather play Wichita State. Yeah, West Virginia, West Virginia does not scare me in the least. West Virginia does not scare me in the least. I feel like I feel no. like West Virginia would be a tough team. Would be a team that could pull a couple upsets just because you don't see that defense very often. True. And if they get hot, they can put up. They're a lot also of really on bad on offense, though. Yeah, but yeah. If it, you it, force them into a half court game, they're really bad. Yeah, but so if but I know that we have scrimmaged against them the last two years, so we have a level of familiarity with them. And supposedly we supposedly we handed it to them this year in the scrimmage. Now again, that's, that's fair. whatever. But we're going to be more familiar with a West Virginia I than like anybody else there. I like that. that that's right. why um, I'm not as afraid of playing West Virginia as many others are. Here is a question by uh, at Benjamin Shot. It's also a very easy question. Is it an advantage to have a possible Butler rematch due to less scouting needed for an opponent? Yes. Stop asking dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boiled Sports. Our buddies over at Boiled Sports, who we love. Yes, they're great. We love them. Can Carson and Haas find a balance on the offensive end if, when, we get to the second weekend? That is a good question. That's a very good question because that's that's kind of what gets going is, you know, when, when it's humming – Haas is able to, you know, get somewhere between 12 and 18 points while everybody else is hitting from outside. It's when you've got to make teams to pick your poison. That's this when we've been playing at our best. It's when we've just gone to the straight Haas fence and everyone's standing around. Or if nobody else is hitting, that's when we've had trouble. Drew, but I know you have that a balance. lot. I, I do have a lot to Drew say Drew has about a lot this. of fire on this one. I do. I just, I, <laughs> I do not like when the offense runs around Isaac Haas, and I feel like when Matt gets into tight games against good teams, he just sort of goes to that as like the easiest way, the easiest way to play, I guess. Um, I think we saw it against Michigan state um, where just sort of everything just sort of tightens up. And then we just run that one set the whole time and see if Isaac can beat, you know, could beat Michigan state um, on his own. And so I just, I really feel like we have to avoid the trap because it is easy to play through Haas. Right. But I don't, it's, it's easy to do it, but I don't often, I don't necessarily think it's our best when that's when we are at our best. I, I, don't I think, think you definitely hit on it. It is easy. 
And at the same time, the most exciting part about Harms coming to campus is how fast and mobile our motion offense looks with him on the court. Him setting those pick and rolls, him doing the dribble handoffs, it is a whole new gear that we have not had since Juwan Johnson. And it's really exciting. But the question is, can we find that balance? I am fine with having Haas if it's a tie game or so and we absolutely need a basket and doing that one set, I am not fine with doing it on six possessions in a row like we did against Ohio State and Michigan State at the end. So I I agree with you on that point that he gets a little too comfortable and a little too familiar with it. So answer the damn question. Do we find it? I think we do. I think we have to. Okay. And I think I I think this is Carson's time. I think he's going to be a stud in this. And if you look even at the Big Ten tournament game, he had one of his worst games in weeks. and No, months. Months and Months. we still only lost by what eight nine you know yeah. as poorly as we played if Carson is regular Carson there we're fine if Vince is good Vince we're fine and that to me it's going to be the Edwards the Edwardses that are going to dictate how far we go okay real quick Drew do you think we'll find the balance uh, I think there will be one game in this tournament it's a yes or no question no, no, I, I will say, no, I don't. Okay. I think I, I think there will be at least one game where Isaac Haas is going to have to beat a team on his own okay. on offense. I think I think we will, at, at one point in the tournament, we will go to that, and he's going to have to do it. So touching on something you kind of asked, Travis, uh, at Zay underscore Jack asked, would you hold Vincent out if he's not 100% for Cal State Fullerton? Yes. Since you won't need him to win or at least set a minutes limit, like 15 minutes. Yes. I would. Drew? Uh, yes. I've, I've I played a lot on bad ankles, and they never get better the more you play on them. They always get worse. Yeah. You can't do a minute limit. Like, it's either – you either suit him up and he plays – or he doesn't play. But I'm encouraged that he was able to give the performances he did against Rutgers and Penn State. Those no, he wasn't good. He got yanked. Yeah, he got yanked against Penn State. I mean, State. he got yanked at Michigan. Well, he was still pretty good against Rutgers and Penn State, and that was his third game in three days against Michigan. We're not going to have that scenario right now. But the question, I guess, I mean, so yeah, what you're saying, you, I would have rather sat him for Rutgers and had Penn State and Michigan him. Yeah. So. Definitely, if he's not 100%, I would sit him against Cal State. I think he'll be much closer to 100%, though, than he has been. Ankles are weird. They don't yeah, work I, on a timeline. Yeah. They do yeah. not work on a timeline. It really just depends on if, how much he tore that, you know, yeah. that ligament. They jump from 70 to 85%. And then they slowly fall back, and then randomly they'll jump back up. They do not just work in a line. It scares me. The ankle scares yeah. me a lot. I I don't think we should have played. I don't think Vincent should have played another game. Uh, yeah, uh, I wouldn't have played him in the tournament even. Uh, there was no no benefit, and I, if the goal is to win the NCAA tournament, if that is the goal of ours, is to go all the way in the tournament, then you need 100% Vince Edwards more than you may need difference between a two and a three seed. I honestly, I might have played him in uh, the Penn State game and then sat him for the Michigan game. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't think he. But, I mean, uh, we don't know. We don't know the health better than them. And, and All I know is we saw him get progressively get worse during right. the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, no rest in a tournament setting is hard. Right, and he's had a week and a half here to rest, and it's not just you know, oh, he's sitting back playing video games or anything. No, he's been in the training room getting treatment on it too. All right, um, this one is from Zany Zygote. Which Woo. top three seeded team has a better draw than us? If say only Villanova, which is pretty good in my opinion. I'm assuming that means I'd say only Villanova. Eh, I can see that. Um, I, I kind of like North North Carolina's just because I think when they're at their peak, they're really good, and they already spanked Michigan once this year. And I'm just looking over here. You know, Duke Michigan State's going to be a tough game. Uh, and you know, you you might say Kansas just because Kansas almost has a cakewalk all the way to the Elite Eight. You know, mo- I'm not work. looking at a bracket right now, so I'm not going to be <laughs> of much help. All right. I would I would agree. I would rather have North Carolina's. No, I would rather have Michigan's bracket because I don't want to play Michigan. I would rather play North Carolina than Michigan in the Elite Eight or in the yeah whatever game, Sweet Sixteen. Michigan just gives us yeah, some really see bad match. They may be the worst matchup in all of college basketball. Yet we still beat them twice. Them or Duke. I don't want to play either of them. But we still beat them twice, and that's uh, you know, I, I 
two extremely good wins. And I know we were very fortunate to get those two wins, but we still beat them twice. All right. Um, another quick question. This is from at Z young bowler, B O W L E R. Who do you want to see in the round of 32? Butler is a March team and Arkansas is a super athletic. It's pretty easy for me. It's Butler. Yeah. Butler. Butler. Always choose a team that you've beat by double digits. And I think yeah. Dakota will lock what's his name down again. Anyway. I mean, he locked, what, is it Martin? Is that Butler's best player? Yeah, Kellen Martin. Yeah, Dakota locked him down for the first Butler game. I'm, I'm bringing up the box score from that game right yeah. now. I mean, I... those two guys have literally been practicing against each other in private all summer. Yeah. No, I, I like Dakota that. knowing his opponent any day of the week. We put all five starters and double figures in that game. Uh Oh, that's a that's a, a you mean PJ scored ten points? PJ was seven of eight from the free throw line. So oh. <laughs> long days ago. We're yeah, getting PJ seems, back. That seems like like Yeah, that's like Travis's not even hot team. take for everyone. We we're yeah. getting PJ back. PJ has delivered his entire career. He's been on a blip here the last couple of weeks. I agree. He has struggled. But this is a guy that has had a knack for hitting the big shot when we need it. He is the guy that has been the cooler at the free throw line when we have needed it. I have 100% faith and confidence in PJ Thompson. For someone that is scared of everything, it is yeah. amazing your faith you have in him. PJ is yeah. my boy. I will ride or die with PJ. <laughs> We're going to roll down West 86 Street. Oh, no. no. Right past oh, Perbuff. Wow. All right. Here here will be the final <laughs> question. This should lead us out. This is literally all that matters. It's from uh, Davin underscore Sharma. How far do you personally think this squad will go? Go for it, Drew. Um, okay, I'll go ahead and put this team in the final four. I think I think I think we'll You're make it to the final such four. Such a homer. I think I like the, I like homer. this draw. I like this bracket. I don't think there's any team that we don't match that we don't match up well with. I'm going to say that they make at least the Elite Eight, and I now, can't... You're not going to say at least. You, yeah, you, you yeah, have I to was, shoot your shot. I, I can't number. make a call on the final four. Pick I, a goddamn round. We're only here to answer questions. <laughs> I, 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 I know, I, you put a lot I, of pressure with the final four. Now yeah. you feel like not a fan not to say yeah, it. Yeah, no, I now know, I know. There's a crisis right here in the podcast. I, I know yeah, that they're... being torn apart. I know they're more than capable... And I desperately want them to make a Final Four just because that would shut the painter haters the hell up. And I wouldn't have to deal with them as much. (laughs) These are a lot of words for a round prediction. But (laughs) I have been a Purdue fan all my life. And I'm going to say that they'll get reach the Elite Eight and they'll lose to Villanova in a tight one. I'm big on narrative. I think season's... I don't know if we just create them afterwards or they're they're molded beforehand. Wichita State beats Villanova. We take on Villanova State in the Elite Eight. We win. I mean, Wichita Michigan State. State. Michigan State knocks yeah. off Duke and then knocks off Kansas. And the year that was supposed to be the weak Big Ten year has three Big Ten teams in the Final Four. Oh. Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, and... I'm just going to – Virginia's going to run. Virginia's going to be to the Final Four, and Purdue loses to Michigan State in the Final Four. Oh, that would be very, very <laughs> that would That would sting. That I don't know if I could In my head as I'm painting this out, I'm like, Purdue loses either. to Virginia in the championship. I, I, I just can't I do it. I could not think of any way where, where – like – Final four, like, <laughs> worst way to lose than to lose to Michigan State in the final four. That would be, like, I don't even know if I could enjoy it. <laughs> that was literally the Purdue fan in me going, I'm going to go full optimist, and then at the end just be like, I'm going to wreck this car off the road. <laughs> <laughs> what would leave me the proper amount of sad finding a final four i if we reached a final four i would be elated i would be elated i think that would be but to lose to like a like a big 10 team that we lost by like three on the road to we have not made bullshit it's gonna be another miles bridges like 32 footer we have not made it 38 years unconscious for the first like the last you won't see miles bridges for 12 minutes and then he'll hit a game right here's the here's the here's why i would I hate Miles Bridges. I just don't get Miles Bridges. Would we rather lose in the Final Four to Michigan State or lose to Villanova in the Elite Eight? I guess. (laughs) God, I hate Michigan State so much. 
here here's the thing is I would I would be okay with it because it's been 38 years since we have been to a th- final four. But and that would are- literally also be like the best chance to get to the national title game ever, and we lose it against Michigan State. Oh. But we're supposed to be a basketball school, and by comparison, we only went 34 years between Rose Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> like I've had it. I've seen too many teams that should have made a final four or could have made a final four come up short. I want this. And this is our best chance that we have had in 20 years. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to make this so dark. I'm, why can't Michigan state be on the other side of the bracket? I should just have us lose the Duke in the final four. That would feel fine. Yeah. No, Cause that Matt, we would beat Duke once out of like eight times. Eh, I, and the thing is, I think we could beat Michigan state if we got a rematch. You know, That's why it hurt. Yeah. And watch, as confident as we are, we lose to Cal State Fullerton by 10. <laughs> All right, we are done. We are retiring the entire side if we lose to Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Somebody's gonna have to, somebody else is going to have to run it for a few days because I'm going to be blackout drunk for a week and We're a half. We're going to be called likely. Hammer and Kitty Cats and just post pictures of, like, cats playing. We'll all make more money. <laughs> I think I would just we'll have be to be happier. I think I'd have to get in the car and drive to Colorado for a week. Think of how many hours you spend like researching just like one Purdue article. Like you just did the one where you were looking up whatever. Uh-huh. If you just spent that time looking at cute cat videos, how much happier would your life be? Yeah. Uh, it, it would be catastrophic. <laughs> uh. Play on cat. Uh. <laughs> 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 So we should probably uh, start winding this thing down. Does any, uh, let, let's go for some final thoughts. Drew, what are your final thoughts? I think everybody just needs – I feel like we're going to win this first weekend. No problem. <laughs> it's like the first game. Boy, you're calling, the, you're calling the win over a 15 seed. Boy, you're really kept stepping calling, out on I'm a limb there. I'm calling, I'm calling two double-digit wins in the first – the first uh our first two games i think i think we win both handily i made no a bet drama. with a buddy at a bar uh i was working and i made a bet with him uh two weeks ago um that we would win the first two games each by 15 points and see i i the, one of the subtle points of winning both of the first two games is that would give us 30 for the season and we have never won 30 in a season and i i kind of want i don't care about that See, I kind of want that. I like little milestones like that. As someone that just turned 30 recently, like three days ago. Oh, please. Cry me a river. I'm staring down 40 (laughs) next year. I got a foot in the grave already. I'm just saying, 30 is like 29 is (laughs) better. All right, Casey, what are your final thoughts other than 29 is better? (laughs) <laughs> honestly it's an elite eight or bust i literally as long as we get to the elite eight i will accept no criticism of painter the program purdue basketball i i can live with that and if we Great. don't then okay because this team four seniors with an all-american sophomore and the guys coming in in the next few years like this is the time to leap off right this is where we get there and, and especially this and we just we, we just got to take care of business. And and how it could affect the 2019 recruiting with the ends that Painter is making on the guys that he's going after. Yeah. This this is the march that decides our future. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and it's like, I don't think that we're going to get a guy like a Keon Brooks, but I think a good run in March here could lead to getting a guy like Keon Brooks, if that makes sense. Because I saw him this weekend, and mother of God, is he athletic. And Watch when Carson drops like three straight 30-point games. Oh, and, and that's the thing. I love Carson. I love Carson. He's a fantastic player. He's still only 6'1". Keon Brooks is 6'7". I know. I'm just like, that's how it starts. You right. got to get sexy before you get hot. Uh, yeah. Those are words to live by. Close this fucking podcast down. All right. And, and I guess I guess I'm going <laughs> to offer my final thought here. Um I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my faith in PJ Thompson. He will have one tournament game where he hits four three pointers. That is that is my prof that I would I will profess that. I'm gonna ride or die with him. He is my boy. I have believed in him before he was even offered by Purdue. He will have a game where he hits four threes. Are you doing this to make up to Isaiah for the the tweet that was misunderstood? What? Isaiah Isaiah's awesome. That was blown completely out of proportion. <laughs> I, I, when I saw Isaiah in the sectional last week and he dropped seven threes in a span of about four and a half minutes, it was just unbelievable. You know, all Juan does is put out Travis Fires on Twitter. 
<laughs> That's why he's not here tonight. Yeah. We try right. to stamp it out beforehand, but sometimes. <laughs> it's like one. We, de- we deal with out. Travis the same way like Trump aides deal with Trump on Twitter. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, God. Let us, we need to clarify a few things Travis recently has recently said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're done. I... Yeah, if that's not the end of the podcast, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh, man. So for Casey, for Drew, for myself, who is apparently our idiot president, <laughs> um, this is T-Mel from Hammer and Rails saying, boiler up and let's make a run to San Antonio.